0: If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name
1: and our mouth shall shout forth thy praise.
0: Praise ye the Lord.
1: The Lord's name be praised.
0: Psalm 139, page 514. O Lord, thou hast searched me out and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and mine uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts long before.
1: Thou art about my path and about my bed, and art acquainted with all my ways.
0: For lo, there is not a word in my tongue, but thou, O Lord, knowest it altogether.
1: Thou hast beset me behind and before, and laid thine hand upon me.
0: Such knowledge is too wonderful and excellent for me. I cannot attain unto it.
1: Whither shall I go then from thy spirit, or whither shall I go then from thy presence?
0: If I climb up into heaven, thou art there. If I go down to hell, thou art there also.
1: If I take the wings of the morning and remain in the uttermost parts of the sea,
0: even there also shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me.
1: If I say, peradventure the darkness shall cover me, Then shall my night be turned to day.
0: Yea, the darkness is no darkness with thee, but the night is as clear as the day. The darkness and light to thee are both alike.
1: For my reins are thine, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb.
0: I will give thanks unto thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well.
1: My bones are not hid from thee, though I be made secretly and fashioned beneath in the earth.
0: Thine eyes did see my substance yet being imperfect, and in thy book were all my members written.
1: Which day by day were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them.
0: How dear are thy counsels unto me, O God! O how great is the sum of them!
1: If I tell them they are more in number than the sand... When I wake up, I am present with thee.
0: Wilt thou not slay the wicked, O God? Depart from me, ye bloodthirsty men.
1: For they speak unrighteously against thee, and thine enemies take thy name in vain.
0: Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee?
1: Yea, I hate them right sore, even as though they were mine enemies.
0: Try me, O God, and seek the ground of my heart. Prove me and examine my thoughts.
1: Look well if there be any way of wickedness in me, and lead me in the way everlasting.
2: Here beginneth the 36th verse of the 32nd chapter of the book of Jeremiah. Now therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning this city of which you say, It shall be delivered into the hand of the king of Babylon by the sword, by the famine, and by the pestilence. Behold, I will gather them out of all countries, where I have driven them in my anger, in my fury, and in great wrath. I will bring them back to this place, and I will cause them to dwell safely. They shall be my people, and I will be their God. Then I will give them one heart and one way, and they, that they may fear me forever, for the good of them and their children after them. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them, that I will not turn away from doing them good. But I will put my fear in their hearts, so that they will not depart from me. Yes, I will rejoice over them to do them good. And I will assuredly plant them in this land, with all my heart, and with all my soul. For thus says the Lord, Just as I have brought all this great calamity on this people, so I will bring on them all the good that I have promised them. Here endeth the first lesson.
0: My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, for he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath hope in his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever.
2: Here beginneth the 44th verse of the 12th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John. Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me Believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world, that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I do not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words As that which judges him, the word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command that I should, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his command is everlasting life. Therefore, whatever I speak, just as a father has told me, so I speak. Here endeth the second lesson.
0: Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. I believe in God, the Father Almighty mercifully to look upon thy people, that by thy great goodness they may be governed and preserved evermore, both in body and soul, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, who hatest nothing that thou hast made, and dost forgive the sins of all those who are penitent, create and make in us new and contrite hearts, that we, worthily lamenting our sins and acknowledging our wretchedness, may obtain of thee the God of all mercy, Amen. Light in our darkness we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening, everyone. The tension that we see in the lessons for tonight uh, concerns this um this disparity between the interior the exterior and as a corollary to that between what is unknown or what is difficult to know through the conventional means of knowing and what is more sort of commonly accessible or more superficially immediate Um, and that tension plays very heavily um, in the the whole the whole of the bible um, that that which is within um, does not always align with that which is on the outside and vice versa so in the psalm 139 we begin uh, by establishing the, the, the presence of God who seeks out and understands all things at every level of his creation and is present to those things. His knowledge is not a kind of distant speculative knowledge by which he kind of sits somewhere and has telescope vision that zooms in on every little atom of reality. He is present to it, he is present with it, although it is different from him. And so, uh, but yet this this creates a kind of relationship, a kind of relationally based knowledge that we always understand God's knowledge to be. God is with, um, God is not identical to the creation, but he's always with every bit of his creation and uh, relates to it lovingly. This knowledge is what the psalmist is marveling at, that God understands and lovingly relates and understands perfectly uh, every little bit of everything, including not only his own current state of things, not only like the the most inward part of himself to the most outward part of himself, but also every past moment of his life and every future moment of his life as well. And so this is a staggering uh, degree of understanding. And then goes further by saying that this is the counsel of God that the psalmist is endeavoring to receive as a gift from God. It is a a sort of a prayer to receive um, that kind of meaningful introspection to understand oneself as God understands that person to be, understands the psalmist to be, and understand ourselves as God understands us to be. That is the only kind of self-knowledge that is meaningful. Uh, and ultimately it's what the, the psalmist sees as the distinction between the person who piously and rightly relates to God and the person who doesn't, the person who does not seek that um, that sort of, it doesn't seek to be established in that posture at the outset before endeavoring to relate to God or even more so, um, uh, undertaking to speak on behalf of God or about God. And so uh, the psalmist gives us this pattern where we we see the knowledge is a gift, Uh, the uh, real knowledge is a gift, because it, it comes ultimately in any kind of reliable way from the God who relates truly and lovingly to all things. And so as a result of that, you have uh, you, you kind of you can see this play out in these exterior spaces. The psalmist is beset um, in, by all these people who are who are saying false things about God, are saying false things about the psalmist, and the psalmist's lament and his sort of his, what borders on real like a sort of imprecatory hatred in the psalm is is, is kind of you know, is rooted back in that initial uh, tension. Yeah, they do not understand what they're talking about. They don't understand the mystery of God, and they don't understand the mystery of really anything they're talking about. And so they relate to it very poorly. They respond to it incorrectly. That's kind of what we see on display in the, uh, in the, in the, sort of the history of ancient Israel that's, uh, that's being talked about in Jeremiah 32 tonight. Um, Jeremiah is, starts this particular oracle and said, Thus says the Lord, to all those, and this we're specifying right, at the get, right out of the gate, the audience of this particular oracle, say to all those who are saying that Babylon, that the land will fall into Babylon's hand because of sword, because of famine, because of pestilence. This is the, the critical issue there. Now, on the surface, all of these things are definitely taking place. The fall of Jerusalem to the Babylonians is a horrific affair of siege warfare in the ancient Near Eastern world. Uh, it is by sword. It is by pestilence. It is by famine. And yet, the oracle of Jeremiah is calling us to see again that, that for for all of these uh, these sort of apparent causes of what is happening, that Israel is falling to Babylon because Babylon is a better army that is laying waste to the army of Israel because their siege warfare has produced the conditions within the city that are rife for famine and then and the spread of disease, which was common to that kind of warfare. Um, These are the things, the normal way that cities fall is how Jerusalem is falling. And God says, no, Uh, Jerusalem is is falling because they were unfaithful to me. That is the true cause here. Regardless of what the outward trappings are, that's the real thing that's happening uh, invisibly behind the scenes. And thus, uh, the restoration of all of these things will not be the result of some toppling of Babylon or some deal we strike with the Egyptians who can rescue us from them, but rather will be only in a repentant return to faithfulness to God, which will then establish and draw back all these people from the land. Now, as we've been reading in Jeremiah, this has been the notoriously uh, untenable requirement for people to have this kind of national and uh, integrity. The integrity of the kingdom has been dismantled both in the Northern kingdom and now the Southern kingdom because people have been unable and unwilling to uphold the covenant that holds them together in that kind of integrity. And so what to do the oracle tonight to jeremiah is that god will himself perform within the hearts of those people he brings back those people who turn to him repentantly he will perform within their heart um, a kind of new creation that unifies their heart around this way of the lord that will be implanted within them with, with the with, what jeremiah calls the, a new law uh, will be written in their hearts And it will lead them aright in the way that continuously and without being broken leads to blessedness, which has always been the case for ancient Israel, that faithfulness is blessing, unfaithfulness is dissolution. And so this is the thing is it is not a matter of sort of fighting the outward battle it is a matter of starting with that interior battle of faithfulness or unfaithfulness of compromise or fidelity. And as a result of that, that is what will bring will send people out if it is lost, and it will be the thing that brings people in if it is up, upheld and But the Lord himself says, "I myself will perform this as a work within the hearts of those people who turn back to me as we go into the Gospel of John, and Jesus sort of summarizes a series of teaching by by offer by sort of engaging in this prophetic mode, not unlike Jeremiah he says. The people that don't hear my voice aren't rejecting me. They're rejecting the person who I, I'm here to show them, whose words I am speaking, whose mission I am performing. Uh, Jesus says, like, if you don't, you're not rejecting me, you're rejecting the God that you're, you're purporting to have served and that your ancestors served. Um, to reject me is not the rejection of an itinerant rabbi who's who's walking around gaining a popular following in first century Judea it is to reject the God of their fathers and God the Father. So this is that that culmination of that tension, is that in uh, in now sort of solidifying plans to crucify the Messiah, the people of the land have effectively uh, rejected that that very thing that through Jeremiah had been revealed will be the thing that holds them all together. Uh, And they have neglected and in fact rejected the interior transformation that is the basis of all meaningful sense of, of, of stability in the outward space and jesus says you know this is this is the thing that you have always done and this is the thing you will continue to do um and this is that's sort of the culmination of that line of teaching tonight in uh, in the words of christ so for us you know as we come up with a, as we come to the close of the lenten season as we head into good friday um, we have to always remember that the whole point of lent has been to to focus on that interior battle, that interior recreating of the heart around a unified faithfulness to God and a unified reliance upon God to ask humbly, as the psalmist does, to receive the knowledge of ourselves and to be, like Jeremiah foretold, uh, to be made again um, as a people who are faithful to God and as a people who will say no to the compromises of the world. If we, you know, I heard recently someone said, if, you know, if we feel like you've been failing Lent, Uh, don't give up. Uh, It's never too late to begin again. Um, Even here as we round the sort of home stretch as it were, um, run across the finish line. Um, If that interior space has been something you've been avoiding, uh, start right now. Um, It's not too late to keep a good Lent. It's not too late to run across that finish line to the glory of Easter. Um, But know that that's the space where it has to begin. It's not in finally getting right our you know ideal you know sort of aesthetical rule or anything like that it starts in that space of have we turned back that we might receive that new heart again so a couple of thoughts for us tonight turning to our intercession on page 590. accept O lord our intercessions for all mankind And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. Thanks to my co-leaders, Rochelle and Chris. You have a great start to your weekend. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Father. Thanks.
0: (laughs) Good night, everybody. Have a great night.